As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we're live. We're going to let the stream breathe just for a second. Make sure it's nice and smooth across all platforms and nothing gets cut off, especially after Thursday night, the way that ended. That really irritated us. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, an impromptu bonus episode presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, whether it's a weekday, whether it's a weekend. Here to drop knowledge and make himself available for Broncos country, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, how's your uh, weekend going so far, brother? It's going well. This feels a little strange, Chad. I mean, I have, it's daylight out right now. We're on a Saturday. It's a whole different ball game, but it's always fun to pod, and I want to kind of get to the things we couldn't get to on our last pod. of the, of the week. We both felt bad about that. We kind of want to make it up to our fan base today. Yeah, that's the one thing is <clears throat> while we can, while this podcast is still of a relative size where we can have the time to and the means to get to every single super chat that comes in on YouTube, we want to be able to do that. And so – you know, we don't see any anything changing on that front in the near future, although hat tip to all our new subscribers on YouTube. We did cross the 6,000 subscriber mark this, this week, so welcome all of our new subs, and it's good to have you. We appreciate you. But, yeah, we don't like leaving any of our, our superstars kind of twisting in the wind if we can avoid it. So our podcast on Thursday night toward the end, there was some Internet connectivity issues that I think was on my end, to be honest with you, even though I'm directly connected to my router called my provider. I said, what the Sam Hill is going on here? So hopefully it's nice and smooth henceforth and and forever, but we're going to get to your questions from our super chats Thursday night that we were unable to get to because of that. And then of course, time willing, any additional questions, super chats that come in today, we will get to those as well. First, just a couple of really quick matters of business. A reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod, simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. Both accounts have grown quite a bit over the last, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, last couple months. So welcome to all our new followers on those two social platforms. But take care of that business, guys. And when you get some time, also, if you're listening to this after the fact on Apple Podcasts, leave a creative review. Help this show and the sub shows continue to climb up the charts on Apple Podcasts. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's grab our first super chat that we were unable to get on uh, Thursday night. Not so much of a question, but... I still want to give Timmy Schiltz his love. He jumped in with a $5 donation. Love you guys. Thanks for the awesome work. Hashtag state of being in Lake County, California. Hmm. Appreciate you, Tim. Thank you, Timmy. Our friend dropped your pocket. Longtime super chat superstar. Appreciate that donation. As you know, bro, he says, "Head now this was Thursday night, heading into work. Keep up the good work. That you should do, my friend. I hope your work well, your work night was well on Thursday. Amen. Mark, one of the comedians of the community, jumps in. $5 uh, donation. He says, I'm going with rugs in the draft, and I'll be off for two months. So I'll have time to see you guys on a daily basis. And Zach is still turning, <laughs> which for those of you scratching your head wondering what he's talking about, to him that's like a it's – a, it's an adjective, right? It's describing something cool. This is maybe Brandon Perna's biggest fan on the planet. I don't know. But, Mark, we appreciate you, my friend. And uh, hopefully that means you're only on – I mean, it's not – it's nothing good, but hopefully that means you're on furlough and not laid off like so many people are right now, but it'll be good to see you. The more we can see you, the better, man. Uh, going with rugs in the draft, it sounds like, Zach, that that's kind of the direction things are heading for the Broncos, even if it might mean trading up. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, I, it's definitely the Broncos' number one target. I believe that all the indications, all the breadcrumbs lead to them targeting a receiver, and Ruggs, for my money, is the wide receiver one in this draft class. They have other options as well, but Ruggs is the popular player to connect to the Broncos, and I think rightly so. That kind of ties into what <clears throat> our friend Prank Films had to say on his Super Chat. Appreciate you, Prank Films. Thank if you. Ever, hopefully you're watching this or you hear this at some point down the road. It says, let's just say Denver drafts a receiver with pick 15. Who could you see Denver picking with a linebacker in the draft in rounds two or three? Well, unfortunately, Zach, I don't think um, Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen are going to be there maybe a little bit into round two. Broncos pick again, I think, is 46 in round two. So what is that, 14, 15 picks into into the round? There's a chance one of them will be there. I doubt it. 
And if so, that would be a solid selection, in my opinion, if you got a wide receiver in, in uh, the first round. But a couple other options to keep an eye on later in the draft, especially round three, so late day two, would be uh, Akeem Davis Gaither of Appalachian State, uh, Logan Wilson up there in Wyoming, maybe late third round, early fourth round, uh, Davion Taylor, CU. There are a few other options out there that the Broncos could focus on beyond those you know, top two guys from uh, Oklahoma and LSU. Yeah, if they want to wait till the third round or so, ADG, who you always talk up all the time, Chad, he would be a great value pick at that spot. I'm very wavy on going Kenneth Murray in the first round, but if he's there at 46, Chad, I am running. However they're doing the draft this year, I am, I'm – Dialing that pick in super quick, he would be a steal and an instant starter at 46. I like Murray a lot. I just don't like him enough at 15. If they want to trade down in the first round to the 20s, I'm fine with it. If they want to wait to the second round, I'm fine with it. But inside linebacker to 15 is a little too rich in my blood. They want to wait to the third round, ADG is the guy to target. Agreed 100%. Geo, superstar, longtime supporter of the show, great member of the community as well. Yeah. Jumped in with a $10 donation on Thursday night saying, just saying, hello, guys. Keep up the good work. Yes, sir. Appreciate, Appreciate you, George. Let's see. Wigal. If you, hopefully I pronounced that. Wigal. Wigal. I don't know. But thank you for that donation. My friend, he says, yes. uh, what second wave class of free agents do you see the Broncos targeting? By the way, we're well out of the second wave, my friend. We're probably even beyond the third wave. We're on like the final wave. It's over. <laughs> it is. It's a pretty much in the books. And if we draft a corner in the second, do the Broncos need Prince Amukamara? Uh, this comment, it looks like it was cut off, but I assure you I was able to, let me double check it, copy everything that he said on, oh, he said my evenings. That's my bad. I did cut it off. So he says, you guys make my evenings. Appreciate, Appreciate that, brother. And I, hopefully you get a chance to hear this this episode and hopefully you're with us live. I'm not looking at the comment stream right now because I'm on a different section on our little streaming service here so that we can grab these cards that we preloaded in from Thursday night. But um, the question, what second wave class of free agents do you see the Broncos targeting? And if we draft a corner in the second, do the Broncos need Prince of Mucamara? Zach, I, I'll take the first one. I don't think there's really anyone left on the, on the docket that the Broncos are targeting per se. I think Prince of Mucamara, for whatever reason, there's a good chance that ship has sailed. I think the Broncos are definitely done shopping. I think most teams by now have turned their attention to the draft, especially because it's so uncharted this year because it's going to be virtually virtual. It's going to be all remote. It's not going to be a live event. So I think teams are now focusing on that. The Broncos specifically, if they wanted him, we talked about this a while ago, if they wanted a Mukamara, they would have signed him by now. That's the only free agent on the market that would fit the Broncos like a glove. He makes too much sense. I don't see a cornerback, though, happening in the second round. I don't think they're that desperate for cornerback help. They 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 pull the trigger that soon. They have other positions they have to target. To play devil's advocate, though, I'd like another veteran in the secondary. I don't want to rely on just Boye. I don't want to rely on just Callahan and Bosby. I would like a Mukamara and a cornerback in the draft. If it's one or the other, I'm taking a Mukamara, though. Hmm. The, only, the only bone I would pick with what you said there is like – it just would depend on the board. Like if a Jeff right. Gladney were sitting there sure. at 46, then you take that that pick. But Zach and I have been pretty consistent on this since that initial wave of free agency ended in that there needs to be at least one more yeah. significant addition to the cornerback depth chart. And then, of course, they also need to get that third safety. As it stands right now, you've got Trey Marshall projected and penciled in at that role. And he was solid in his two games that he played that role for the Broncos while – Kareem Jackson was suspended to end the season, but um, 
you know, you want to upgrade that a Jeremy Chin. You can get someone like that in the third round. Uh, the kid from uh, oh, what's his name? Duggar, Kyle Duggar is another option later on in the draft. So I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. But let's grab TG, one of our superstars up on MHH's Mount Rushmore. He uh, jumped in with a ten dollar donation Thursday Thank night. You, we love you, brother. He says, "Let's get CD Lamb <clears throat> or Denzel Mims." I can't remember now off the top of my head. I think Sunday night's pod, we're going to do a mock draft roundup. Uh, just kind of going through the most popular, common, you know, prominent draft nicks, last few pod or uh, mocks for the Broncos of the last week or so. We'll kind of go through that. But I can't remember exactly which one it was. It was one of the main ones. It was either McShay. No, it wasn't McShay. Might have been uh, actually a Sports Illustrated from the mothership in New York mock draft. Long Anyway. The reason I bring it up is they picked CeeDee Lamb for the Broncos at 15. And again, you know, I, I still prefer the Broncos wait and grab a, a receiver on early day two if possible. But if they do end up taking a wide out in the first round, I like CeeDee Lamb a lot. I mean, I could honestly, as a football analyst, fall in love with CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruff. And Denzel Mims, too. I mean, he's a stud. I'm right there with you. If they can emerge from the first two rounds or so with one of those four receivers, Chad, I'm a happy camper. I'm not discriminating because they all bring what the Broncos need to the table. They're all fast. They're all explosive. They can all change games on the drop of a hat. That is what the Broncos need with Drew Locke. So if it's CeeDee Lamb at 15, if it's Ruggs, if it's Judy, or if it's Mims maybe in the second round or later in the first round, I am fine with it. But they have to emerge from those first two rounds having Drew Locke's target in tow. And by the way, Denzel Mims, you know, he's six foot three, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, and runs close to a four three forty. I mean, he can be a very dynamic, unique wide receiver in this class. So keep yeah. an eye on him. David Neal, we kind of got your question toward the end on Thursday night, but after listening to the audio after the fact, it was kind of broken up. So I thought we better include you here. Appreciate your donation. Yeah, and he said you, Taylor Gabriel as a cheap depth burner option at wide receiver. Zach, for whatever reason, the only thing we heard is that there was a report that the Broncos did try to compete for the services of Nelson Aguilar. But aside from him, they didn't seem to be too intent on adding a veteran it looks like they want to do that in the draft at wide up. Yeah, they kind of tipped their hand, and we've talked about that on previous pods as well. They didn't really target a tackle on the open market. They didn't target a wide receiver, certainly, so they're going to leave those two positions for the top ends of the draft. And uh, Taylor Gabriel, it'd be a waste of money because you can just draft your long-term speedster, your long-term wide receiver to not have to waste any additional money on depth. You have younger receivers on the roster you want to give opportunities to as well. Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, just go get that guy in the draft, and you're set. Nad Ludlow jumped in on Thursday night with a $2 donation. Appreciate you, you, my brother. He says, great job, guys. Surviving the situation, we'll say, (laughs) in Pennsylvania. Hashtag state of being. Yeah, that's good. We like the surviving part. That's good, my brother. Uh, Brian Bowman, we were unable to grab this one toward the end. Appreciate that donation. And he says, uh, love you guys. So that wraps up the super chats that we were unable to get to Thursday night. Again, Zach and I, it uh, really sticks in our craw when something like that happens where we have a technical difficulty. And when, anytime you're dealing with the internet, there are going to be times that things aren't going to go perfectly because it, you know, it can fluctuate regardless of the, the fail safes we try to put in place. But when that does happen, we want to make sure our super chat superstars are taken care of. And we want to welcome in everyone who was hanging out in the room, those of you who have joined us, both on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, 
I don't know if anyone's watching yet on Twitch. Uh, we'll see. We're not a well, you know, we're not a video game podcast and we're not a political podcast, both of which from doing my research kind of has a place on Twitch. But as far as sports podcasts, I don't think there's much out there. So we might be kind of blazing a trail uh, in regards to that. So Sterling, Robert, Stu, what's going on, buddy? I see this comment about uh, your wife's grandmother, Stu, and uh, I would put the card on the screen, but I can't use that one word that uh, unfortunately she has uh She's got all we can say is being locked down for 14 days. Our thoughts and our prayers are with you and, and your wife and her grandmother. And hopefully everything shakes out. Okay. And turns out, but that's uh, that's a sketchy situation. Our prayers are with you, buddy. And reach out. If there's anything we can do, Chad and I just don't hesitate to reach out to us. Christy, what's going on? So Terry, what's up, my brother? Um, let's see here. Whoop. All right. Let's, Oh, we got a couple of, uh, there's Stu. So consistent. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Stu. Happy Saturday to you as well. That means a lot to us for you taking that time. And Marcos jumped in as well with a $2 donation. Appreciate you, you, bro. He says, who's your favorite Broncos draft pick? Go Broncos. I don't know, all time? Um, I mean, honestly, Marcos, I think you'd have to break that down into eras. So let's just say this, Zach. What's your favorite Broncos draft pick in the John Elway front office Mm -hmm. era? It would have to be, I think, last year to come to mind, obviously, getting Dalton Reisner. He's a plug-and-play starter in the second round. I mean, I loved him. He could have been a first-round prospect easily. Then also getting your franchise quarterback with the next pick, 42 overall, your, you know, your long-term starter. I really like what the Broncos did last draft class. And I think Elway, since 2018, has learned how to become a general manager by building through the draft. So in recent memory, love the Reisner pick. And for the value, if he's your franchise quarterback, which I think he will be, Drew Lock at 42 is insane. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Absolutely. Two ex- excellent examples of John Elway getting great value and great impact players that could have a long-term overarching impact on this franchise. And when it comes to all-time, though, in the era, I'm going to go ahead and put in Von Miller, the number two overall pick mm. in 2011. Good call. No-brainer. I mean, you know, it doesn't take any great insight to name Von Miller as John Elway's, you know, number one draft pick all-time. But if we just go back and kind of look at the impact he had, now things have kind of slowed the last, let's say, year and a half or so, a couple of seasons for Von Miller. But that first – Let's just say the first four or five years he was in the league. I mean, he's always been an elite player, but the impact he had on the destiny of the team. 2015, it wasn't just the sacks. It was the impact plays in crucial moments all the way through the season when the Broncos, off the top of my head, I want to say they won seven of those of the games they won in 2015. Seven of them were decided by a, a single score. And so he had a lot of those impact plays helped get the Broncos to the playoffs. And then as we all know, I mean, the Broncos faced the, a collection of all-time great quarterbacks in that playoff gauntlet. Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, maybe not Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, but nevertheless, Von Miller's act was a stud through that entire gauntlet and a uh, big reason why the Broncos brought home that Lombardi. So hat tip to him. But again, doesn't take any special insight to name Von Miller as John Elway's biggest home run in the draft. You know what, though? It wasn't – he had other options at the number two overall picks, Chad. I mean, he didn't have to take Vaughn as well. True. So for, so for Elway to kind of stay pat and uh, get his guy at that spot, I, I think that's a good move on Elway's part. That's a fair point. And not to bog this podcast down completely with a retrospective, but you had the he, – he could have taken Marcel Darius. A lot of people were mm-hmm. mocking Marcel Darius. Uh, Patrick Peterson. I'm trying to think. J.J. Watt, which no one knew at that time. Even the Texans had no idea J.J. Watt was going to be a generational player. Um, I want to say A.J. Green was in that class. So there were a lot of options. As you said, John Elway, I think it's fair to say, made the right pick for the Broncos in that situation. Now, Yanis on Facebook joining us live here today says, I'm afraid that both the Raiders and Niners in front of us might take a wide receiver. What's the most you would be willing to give up to leapfrog them and take Henry Ruggs? I think the most I could live with is two third-round picks. Yeah. And that's only because the Broncos have three third-round picks this year, Zach. I would give up two if it meant to move into the top 10, but to move up to 10 or 11, I would give up a third and maybe a middle-round pick as well. I I wouldn't give up my entire arsenal of third-round picks. I wouldn't even cut into the majority of picks this year, considering the glut of wide receivers the Broncos can choose from. I'd have no problem leapfrogging, but they can't give away the farm in an extremely top-heavy class. King Hicks wants to know on YouTube, I keep hearing a lot about the top three wide receivers. Who do you guys think is four, five, and six? Keep in mind, King, that Zach and I are not draft Knicks, so we don't create our own rankings and big boards and stuff like that. I mean, the most we do is participate and do some mock drafts and have a little fun with it, but we don't go crazy just because our time is consumed uh, covering news and uh, you know, basically doing a lot of stuff that doesn't allow us from a content-creating perspective, to spend a lot of time researching draft prospects, watching film, the whole nine yards. However, not necessarily in order, but I would say after you get past Zach, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CeeDee Lamb, however you have them ranked, I think it goes for most draft Knicks. I think it goes 
Justin Jefferson, LSU. Denzel Mims, Baylor. Rager. Probably Jalen Rager. Yep, that's probably what it is. In my order, though, I, I, I have it personally. I have it Mims, Justin Jefferson, then Rager. I'm not crazy high on what Rager can bring to the table. He has a lot of bust potential, in my opinion. But still, the Broncos can emerge from those first two rounds with any of those six wide receivers, Chad. They're in good shape. Habib in Pakistan wants to know what we're using to broadcast. It's a platform called StreamYard. Check it out. It's a, f- a lot of great tools. allows you to stream to multiple channels at once. So that's what we use to do uh, these podcasts live and bring them right to you. All right, let's see what else we've got here. We grabbed Marcus. We grabbed Stu. Uh, unfortunately, our friend Chase here, spending his 22nd birthday kind of in a lockdown. Oh. Happy birthday to yes. you. And uh, this too shall pass. Hang in there, buddy. Your 23rd birthday will be a lot better, though, next year. Don't worry about it. Yep, guaranteed. Mehmet wants to know, any chance we trade up for if uh, Jeff Okuda falls to picks 8 through 10? Mm. I think there's a chance. I just don't – I mean, if that happened, yes, I think the Broncos pick up the phone and see what, what they can get done. But I've not seen one credible draft Nick mock that has Okuda dropping out of the top six. Yeah. So it's just not going to happen, dude. He's going to go early. 10, I would pick up the phone, but for top eight, I mean, they just picked up a Pro Bowl, former Pro Bowl cornerback. They brought back Bosby. They don't need a corner that badly. If they didn't bring in Boye, then I would say move up for Okuda. But in this year's class, offensive linemen, wide receivers, those positions come first. Dennis jumps in on Super Chat, $10 donation. Thank Thank you, Dennis. He says, thank you, guys. So far, I like the offseason moves. Bronco Nation repping hard in Alabama. Look, I'm not going to be the guy to make you feel bad that you didn't say Broncos country, but you might want to look into that hashtag, my brother. Appreciate you, thank you. jumping in. And Alabama, hang in there, and and thank you for joining us here today and that contribution, my friend. Let's see what else we've got. Appreciate it. FC Bayern, Munchen, congratulations on reaching 6,000 subscribers. Appreciate awesome. you. Thank you. Let's see here. From Cody C on YouTube, how many Pro Bowlers do you think we'll have next season? That's a that's an interesting question. And as we get deeper into this lockdown situation and things aren't happening, the dog normally the traditional dog days of of the offseason, Zach, you know, about after the draft is when you start really kind of doing questions like this. But I think his list here is I think six possible Cortland Sutton, Dalton Reisner, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, and Casey, Jarrell Casey, all very uh, rational picks, but throw in Vaughn Miller, mm-hmm. throw in A.J. Bouye could have that kind of season. He's been to a Pro Bowl before. If he is the fit for this scheme that Vic Fangio appears to believe that he is, then there's a good chance that's going to come out in the wash. Uh, Noah Fant is another dark horse I'd throw in there as a possibility. I really think he's going to have – I, I don't know if if they had kept Rich Scangarello, I might not be quite as bullish on what I'm about to say. But because they brought in Pat Shermer, who loves throwing the ball to his t- tight end number one, moving him around like a big slot receiver, Fant's going to get a lot of action this year. And I think he has a good chance to have a Cortland Sutton type quantum leap in year two. And if that's the case, he's probably bound for the Pro Bowl. We'll see. But who are we missing, Zach? Drew Locke. 
He's going to be in the Pro Bowl this year because if Cortland Sutton's in the Pro Bowl, if Dalton Reiser's in the Pro Bowl, that means the offense was thriving. And if the offense is thriving, it means Drew Locke was the ringleader of that. So I believe not necessarily the year of Drew Locke. I'm not predicting that, but I believe he can take a quantum step forward and really establish himself among the top 10 or so quarterbacks in the NFL, top 12 quarterbacks. I fully believe that if the Broncos offense clicks, if this Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay running game clicks, they have Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, a good offensive line, hopefully another receiver added to the mix. This can be a dynamic offense, and Drew Locke can be in the Pro Bowl as soon as next season. Angela, thank you so much for that donation up in Canada, proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. She says, surprise, on Saturday, not really, as you said, you might, hashtag state of being. Yeah, that's uh, – I know you follow us on Twitter, Angela, because I we tag you after each and every podcast. But that's another reminder for those of you who aren't following at Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, or at the very least, Zach and myself, that's another reason why you want to, because sometimes impromptu things come up. We might surprise you with a hangout or pod or a you know breakdown of – a film session or something, and you want to make sure you're following the correct social channel so you can be notified of that. It doesn't come out of left field, and you don't miss it. Uh, Kevin, G jumps in. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Kevin. What do you think the signing of Nick Vanette means? Our tight end spots are already full. What's the status on Jake Butt? He had great potential. And, uh, Zach, this is a great question, and Kevin, I think, is kind of springboarding off of one of the storylines from Friday – which was Nick Vanette's uh, press conference that he did over the phone um, after he signed his two-year deal. Team officially announced the deal and then made him available on a on a conference call. Well, he was asked directly whether he thinks his addition spells curtains for Jeff Hireman, who's his former Ohio State Buckeye teammate. And he said, "Look, I don't know what their plan." This is me paraphrasing him. Vanette, he says, "Look, I don't know what their plan is. All I know is they want me to come in to compete." you know, up the competition in the room and help out in the running game. That's all I know. And that Jeff Hireman has reached out to him to congratulate and welcome him on board. So I think we all know what it means. Uh, Jeff Hireman is on the bubble. What's going to happen, I think, Zach, is you're going to see this stretch into training camp. If Jeff Hireman clearly, in the eyes of Wade Harmon, that coach, uh, the tight ends coach and the offensive staff, if Hireman clearly outplays Vanette, He'll stick around. The Broncos will pay him his $4 million this year, and they'll pay the $2 million to Nick Vanette, and it'll go Fant, Hireman, Vanette. But if he fails to vanquish Vanette in an open competition, he will be cut, and the Broncos will save $3.8 million on the salary cap. And as for Jake Butt, Zach, I'll let you tackle that one, bro. I, you know, everyone should know how I feel about Jake, but if the Broncos can get anything out of him, literally one reception for one yard, that's a bonus. You cannot count on Jake, Butt making an impact. I said it after his last injury chat. It's going to be almost impossible for him to come back from this. It's just medically a really tough hill to climb. So I don't believe he's long for the Broncos roster. He'll be carried into training camp if there is a training camp, and I believe he'll be given a shot. I'm just not holding my breath. In terms of Vanette, I think the Broncos overpaid for him. He's traditionally a blocking tight end, but if you watch the film, he's not. He's a little overrated in that department. So I, I don't know what the Broncos necessarily saw in him, but they cannot afford to carry, financially or otherwise, four tight ends. Je- Jeff Hireman should be trade bait in the draft. If they can't tra- find a trade partner to move his salary, just cut the guy. Pick up $3.85 million. You have Noah Fan. You have Vanette. You have Fumagalli. You have Andrew Beck. You have Austin Fort. You have enough young tight ends. Clear up some space from Hireman, who's proven nothing and not deserving of having his roster spot. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Well said. Dave D in Cali jumps in. $5 donation on his Thank way you, out Dave. the door. Appreciate you, Dave. Got to run, guys. Have to make sure someone else's internet is working. Hashtag essential Broncos fan. Amen. That's essential. Could you imagine this situation without access to the internet? I mean, goodness gracious. Talk about a true crisis. Mehmet, he wants to know, do you guys think we can load up in the second round like we did in 2019? If so, who would you guys want to get? Second round targets, I mean, a few to keep an eye on. Like we mentioned earlier today, like there's a chance Jeff Gladney, the TCU corner, could slip into round two. And if so, he's a guy I would that I'd be paying close attention to if I'm the Broncos because he would be such a tremendous fit for Vic Fangio. I mean, the, the no-brainer wide receivers that might slip into the second round, like Justin Jefferson, we've already talked about, Mims. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's another one. Jalen Rager, even though I agree with Zach that he kind of has some – bust possibilities there there are a couple tackles like austin jackson at usc who's a good bet to be in the second round we'll see where the centers end up landing like lloyd cushionberry and and uh, caesar ruiz there are some some options there and i think i don't i mean if the broncos want to make a lot of hay in the second round they can because they have three third round picks this year but that zach is going to be contingent on what they end up doing in the first Right, exactly. And to add on to your point, a couple other tackles is Ezra Cleveland and also uh, Lucas Niang. If the Broncos, this is my thing, they can alternate the first and second round. They can go offensive line or wide receiver or wide receiver than offensive line. But those two rounds, for my money, have to be focused on supplementing Drew Locke, protecting him and giving him a weapon. So in terms of the prospects, it's all about what they choose, what position they choose to target. There's a bunch of offensive players on the board who we just named that I think could be perfect, instant day one contributors for this offense. 
All right, we'll grab a couple more guys and then we'll get out of here. We'll keep this pod, this bonus pod, a little bit shorter than our traditional episodes. Buana Beast, the mayor of our community at MHH on YouTube. Where would you rank Keneal Harry compared to the wideouts in this class? I have him at nine, just above Brandon Ayuk. I think that's fair. That's probably correct, Buana. Um, we don't, as I mentioned earlier in this pod, Zach and I, we don't, I mean, I don't have a ranking of wide receivers. I can sit and go through them with you just off the top of my head, but that sounds about right. Nikhil, uh, Harry or Keneal, however you say it, my apologies. He, he wasn't a guy that really jumped out to me, even though right. I know the uh, Patriots, didn't they take him late round one? Like he was their yeah. first round pick. Yeah, I was never that high on him, and I think he's not going to ever live up to that. He's like the next Chad Jackson for the Patriots, just a bust kind of receiver for them. Uh, in this year's draft class, he'd be a late second round, maybe early third round pick. It's just an historically deep draft class, and all the players that would be ahead of him just blow him away physically, uh, scheme-wise, talent-wise. So I was never high on Harry, and especially in this year's draft class. He would be pushed way toward the bottom. BNS says, so for the last six weeks, I've been hearing about Elway talking to the top five teams in the draft. To me, there's just one player he's looking at, uh, Isaiah Simmons. Get him. And the days of tight ends killing us are gone. I've only heard one report BNS for what it's worth, and it was a long time ago now. I mean, I'm talking early March. It might have been late February coming out of the uh, combine. It was one report that Elway was calling to check on cost of trading up. One report. And usually you want to hear two or three of those before you really start saying there might be some fire at the base of that smoke. doesn't mean it's not there. doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But I do agree, Zach, if you are going to trade up, Isaiah Simmons is the one uh, player that you would be, if you're Elway, willing to give up the farm because not only does it fill a need, but you're getting arguably the best defensive player in the class. The Broncos got the best defensive player in the 2018 class and Bradley Chubb. And if they were to get him, I mean, you could argue Chase Young and you could argue Jeff Okuda will challenge for the top defensive prospect in this class. But for what the Broncos' needs are, I think Isaiah Simmons would make the most sense. Yeah, that's I've been saying it for a while now. That's the only prospect, quarterbacks included, and and everyone else included in this year's draft class that I would trade up for. I, I don't know if I'd give up the entirety of my draft capital, though, Chad, but he would just fit this defense so, so well. You put a Simmons in between Vaughn and Chubb with that front line with Darrell Casey, Shelby Harris, and that back end, the new no-fly zone, that would be a better defense, I think, than Super Bowl 50, that unit as well. It would just be phenomenal. I'd love to see it. I'm not holding my breath, though. Dennis Woods jumps in. $5 donation. Appreciate you, you again, Dennis. Saw a mock where we took Nate Stanley, the Iowa quarterback, in the seventh round. Thoughts? Yeah, he's a guy. The reason why Iowa quarterbacks always interest NFL teams is because Iowa runs a pro-style offense. And so you never really see true elite quarterbacks come out of that system, but they are competent and experienced based on you know college standards as it relates to understanding pro concepts already. So guys like CJ Beathard, for example, who's a backup in San Francisco, he was a third round pick a few years back. There's a reason why NFL teams like him. Same goes for Nate Stanley. Nothing from a traits perspective jumps off when you're talking about Nate. However, you know, if you're looking for that long-term developmental backup guy, you take a flyer on, he's one of those guys you would, you would consider. But Zach, I really don't think the Broncos, end up are, are that I mean they say you should take a quarterback every year a developmental churn the churn that depth chart because you never know what you're going to find but I think the Broncos 
Well, as I'm th- as I'm as I'm saying it, I'm thinking you know Brett Rippon was a Scangarello guy, so it depends on what Pat Shermer likes, obviously. And if the, if Pat Shermer likes Nate Stanley, then that could be an option late in the draft. And we're all assuming the Broncos even make their seventh round pick. If they trade up, they can kick in a seventh rounder to uh, to make that trade. But I wouldn't even waste a draft pick. You have Drew Locke. You have Driscoll, who you signed. He's fairly young. If you want to pick up a guy as an undrafted free agent, fine. But I don't know that I blow a draft pick on another developmental quarterback. If they didn't have one, obviously, then yeah, you keep swinging until you find one. But Drew Locke's in tow. Driscoll's in tow. Rippon's hanging around. I don't know it's such a priority that you would waste a draft pick on one. Look to the undrafted rounds where Elway thrives anyway, Chad. Yes. Marcos, appreciate the $2 donation on Super Chat. He says, who's the biggest bust the Broncos have drafted? Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch has to be, at least in the modern era, Paxton Lynch. If you go back to previous eras, you know, you got Mike Kroll was the linebacker they took in the first round. Uh, I want to say like 90, 91. And he had a 10-sack rookie season, and everyone thought, oh, the Broncos, you know, they got a guy here. And then he disappeared for the for the entirety of his remaining career. Jarvis Moss was a bust for the Broncos yeah. in the mid-aught, you know, 2000s. There are quite a few, but I think for those of us who've been paying attention to Broncos football for, let's just say, since Elway arrived in the front office, unquestionably, Zach, it's Paxton Lynch. I mean – Lali, you can add him, his name as well, Ashley Lali, but nothing is bigger than and taking a quarterback in, with your first round pick and him being not just a bust, but a bust of epic proportions. And that's exactly what Paxton Lynch was. He just, uh, he flamed out spectacularly and he will always go down, at least in the John Elway era, like you said, Chad, as the biggest draft bust in Broncos recent history. The one thing I'll say about Lali, though, and, you know, he had a couple of really productive seasons playing opposite of Rod Smith with Jake Plummer. He did have a thousand yard receiving season and that was playing with Rod Smith, the Broncos. I can't remember what year it was. It might've been, it was either 03, 04 or 05 off the top of my head. They had 2000 yard receivers in Rod Smith and Ashley Lee. Uh, Luke jumps in $5 donation. Hi fellas. How do you feel about the current offensive line starters heading into the season from North Carolina Super Bowl 50 at a Panthers party. Best day ever. All right on, dude. Um, How do you feel about the current offensive line starters heading into the season? Let me just list them real quick, Zach, and I'll let you tackle this one. Yeah. Right now projected Garrett Bowles at left tackle, Dalton Reisner left guard. Center projected as of today, if they had to play football tomorrow, Patrick Morris. Right guard is Graham Glasgow. Right tackle, Juwan James. I'm really satisfied with the front five, except for center. And it's it's the most, except for left tackle, your blindside protector, that's the most important position because it's the quarterback of the offensive line. He's making the calls. He's communicating with his guards, with the quarterback. I do not like Patrick Morris as a starter. They have to address that early on in the draft chat and get that plug-and-play starter like they did last year with Reisner. They cannot go into the season. Your rest of your offensive line is solidified, and you have Patrick freaking Morris as your center. That has to be rectified before training camp starts. Danny says, what's up, guys? New to the pod. Love the work you guys do. Repping the orange and blue down here in Texas. Hashtag state of being. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you, Danny. And Joseph, also to you, he says, what's up, fellas? Been watching for a while, but just started getting in the comments. Keep coming in the comments, dude. Keep, you know, participating in the conversation. Ask questions. Generate and create conversation. That's what it is all about. Cody, dude, what are you talking about? Quentin Jammer's your favorite Bronco of all time? Is this a joke? It's got to be a joke. No offense, my friend. Quentin Jammer. Are you serious? Come on, dude. It's a random Uh, name. 
one that, yeah, he he played one, what was it 2013? I think they signed him, or it was 2012, one of the two. Very short term band-aid, of course, had a big long career as a former first round pick of the Chargers before joining the Broncos. Uh very short term. Uh let's see here. One or two more, and then we'll get on out of here for now. Oh, Colton. Appreciate your bro jumping in on a ten dollar donation. Thank you, Thank Colton. You. Means a lot. He says, I know you guys, as well as myself, really want us to sign Prince of Mukamara. What do you think the real hang-up is there? Trying to get him cheaper? Zach, the only explanation, in my opinion, is that money, whatever he's looking for, whatever he's asking for, after they got Devontae Bosby signed up back on a one-year deal, it just is – out of out of proportion for Denver, they th- they don't think their need to add an additional corner is worth whatever it is Mukamara is asking for. That's really the only explanation. Or they just don't want the guy for whatever reason. He was more of a media creation and a fan creation. We all connected the dots, and and rightfully so. But maybe Fangio went to Elway and said, "Listen, he's not going to be a good fit for this defense. Let's go for the draft. Let's go with the guys we already have." So if it's not money, it just has to be preference. If the Broncos wanted him, there's no better landing spot for Mukamara than Denver. There's a reason why he's not signed right now. Steve jumping in, showing that Broncos country really is a worldwide community. All the way from the UK, wow. he says, first time awesome. live. Yeah, because for the UK, depending on where they're at, you know, when we podcast live in the six o'clock hour mountain time, you know, that's, let me see, that's 1 a.m., could be 2 a.m. where he's at. So us podcasting in the middle of the day gives him a chance, you know, evening time for him right now. So that's good to have you, man. Keep up the great work. What would be an acceptable season given all the hype around the quarterback and the signing so far? Uh, I think an acceptable season at this point is anything that lands you in the playoffs. That's yeah. that's the next thing. I was going to say nine and seven. That has to be the baseline after going seven and nine last year with three different starting quarterbacks and Locke going four and one. Nine and seven has to be the floor, and I think 11 and five, 12 and four could be the, the ceiling. Ofer, checking in from Israel, hashtag state of being. So cool. Question, in which rounds will you be fine with LaVisca Chenault? Top 50 talent, but constantly injured. Another third round pick is Akeem Davis Gators. Well, for me, where I would be fine taking Chenault is third round and after. In a perfect world, he's a second round caliber player, but there's just too much to worry about on that health jacket that third is the earliest I'd feel comfortable, Zach. Uh, perfectly said, Chad. I'm fully in agreement with you. Uh, he's a, a dynamic playmaker when he's healthy, when he's on the field, but he's so rarely consistently on the field. And that's one thing Locke needs is a consistent, reliable pass catcher. So to me, I would target the top four that we mentioned before. I would target Chanel. He's a third round pick to me. He might go in the second, though. I just don't want the Broncos pulling that trigger so early. Pranked films. And hopefully, Pranked, you saw we grabbed your super chat from Thursday night earlier in this episode. Hopefully you, you got a chance to see that. Appreciate you jumping back in. He says, do you think Jordan Love is the next Paxton Lynch? Who can Denver look at in the draft in the second round or later for a linebacker? We touched on this earlier, so I'm thinking you missed that first third. We'll still touch on it for you. Jordan Love, though, I really think there's more character there and football acumen there um, and probably a more explosive skill set than Paxton Lynch, to be honest with you. So I know he's raw, and Paxton Lynch was raw. So there there are some similarities, but – I don't really view it that way. And who can Denver look at in the draft second round or later? At linebacker, we talked about Akeem Davis-Gaither. We talked about Logan Wilson at at, uh, at uh, Wyoming. And then, of course, uh, the kid from CU, Davion Taylor, is another option. But 
check out uh, Finding Broncos is going to be putting out more, you know, more scouting reports here in the very near future. So just make sure you're checking out what we're publishing at milehighhuddle.com. About half of them will come with an associated video that will also go up on YouTube, and I'm sure you guys have been checking that out. I created a separate playlist on YouTube for those of you who want to watch the Finding Broncos. They're all in one place. Nice and easy, Zach. I don't think Love is going to have a better career than Tua or Joe Burrow, but he's not going to be as bad as Paxton Lynch. It, would, it takes a lot to be as bad as Paxton Lynch was. You literally have to not try. You have to have a lack of effort and a lack of, of, of passion for the game, and I think Love has that in spades. He's just a little raw, physically a little raw between the years, but the barometer being so low for Paxton Lynch, it's hard for a player to reach that level because he was just so disastrously bad on his own merit, by the way. Agreed. Axe Jones, $2 donation. Thank, Thank appreciate you. that, ma'am. Raymond Glass jumping in with a five-euro oh, wow. donation from That's the awesome. Netherlands. First time I catch you guys live. That's cool, man. Welcome in. All these great live viewers from uh, around the world showing that uh, Broncos country is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. All right, last one, guys. Then we got to get out of here from our friend in Israel, Ofer. Lucas Nyang, Lloyd Cushenberry, both on the board at 46. Who would you take? And would you take another O-lineman? See, conquer the AFC West. Okay, hashtag conquer the AFC West. Of those two, now listen, Nyang might have significant offensive tackle upside, but basing it on need and best player available, I'm taking Cushenberry. Yes. With, you know, with, faced with those two as my limited options. The thing is, you already have starting tacticals, tackles technically in Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. You do not have a starting center. I don't consider Patrick Morris to be your starting center. Cushion Bear would be a Dalton Reisner of this year's draft class. From day one, he would stabilize the line. He'd be an instant starter. He'd be the quarterback that Drew Locke needs along the front five. Not even a question to me. If Cushion Bear is there at 46, that is amazing value. You don't even think twice. You draft him immediately. My apologies, Cody. I must have misread it. My bad. So he, so my uh, little tangent about Quentin Jammer, he's saying that's his least favorite Bronco. Who's our least favorite Bronco? Paxton Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> he's so easy to hate, right? <laughs> he really is. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I might say Monte Ball. He was such. He was another one of the biggest busts of the Elway era, second round pick. I think arguably more of a bust than even Cody Latimer as a second round pick, mm, more call. of a bust than Adam Gotsis or Demarcus Walker as a second round pick. Elway, you know, he's turned the ship around in the second round, the last two classes, but man, the trail of dead and the second round during Elway's uh, front office reign has not been pretty. So um, I could go back in time even, even more. I don't know. You know, my whole thing with least favorite Broncos, you're probably right, Cody, in that it, it ends up being like one-year mercenaries from AFC West division foes that are trying to get back at their old team and come sign a one-year deal. I think having Quentin Jammer as one of them, that's that's fair. And maybe you were right that he was a mole. If, if this is least favorite Broncos draft pick, it's packed to lens for me. But least favorite Bronco overall, at least in recent memory, the, the offensive linemen the Broncos have, have signed, Donald Stevenson, Menelik Watts, and they were on my you-know-what list as well. And um, he hasn't had a great track record in the third round as well, Chad, with cornerbacks. So Brennan Langley, Isaac Yadam, those were two of my most disliked players as well. But Paxilin, for me, being a quarterback who literally did not try, who'd rather sit on his couch and play Madden and, and put his nose in the playbook, I don't have any patience or sympathy for someone like that. He's deserving of where he is right now, which is a bust. All right, Axe, appreciate that again on the way out the door. All right, guys, look, we can't uh, make this one as 
as long as we might normally as far as a podcast. But don't you fret because we're going to be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, well, 6.15 Mountain, 8.15 Eastern. And we will be probably looking at doing like a mock draft roundup, analyzing the mock drafts that have uh, been around the interwebs the last week or so, tying into the Broncos and what it all means. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back very soon together as a podcast. And then, of course, tonight is going to be an additional pod streaming live from Dove Valley Deep Divers. We'll see what Eric has on tap for that. I might join him on that. And if, if so, because uh, Lance has got some stuff he's taking care of. So there's a chance I might join him on that. And if so, um, I'd like to see you guys there. We'll be podcasting 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Meanwhile, make sure point. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Skinner, Coach VJ is the biggest bust. Vance Joseph. Oh, that reminds me. Thursday night, dude. I totally wrong. I'm. This is the danger, by the way, of reading a tweet while you're podcasting and streaming live. I misread a tweet from our Luke Patterson, and the tweet was not that Vance Joseph's brother Mickey passed away from what's going on right now, but it was their uncle. And I totally misread his tweet, and that's my bad. I really apologize, guys, if I made you believe that Mickey Joseph was no longer with us. That's my bad. Lesson learned on reading Twitter trying to stay up with news while we're doing a live broadcast to you guys. So anyway, make sure you're following the show guys on Twitter at huddle up pod while you're at it, the main account at mile high huddle. And then also my partner here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And again, stay tuned tonight. You've got another Dove Valley deep divers tomorrow. We will be back in the saddle, six fifteen mountain, eight fifteen Eastern. Appreciate you Colton Thank jumping you, Colton. in with the donation as we're getting on out of here. We hate cutting out loose, guys, but we got to make this one a little bit shorter than usual. So thank you for joining us on this live impromptu makeups podcast from Thursday night. And we will see you guys tomorrow, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
paid for by America First Legal.